Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Deborah McLaughlin, co-owner of the radio station 105.9 The Region. Welcome, Deborah. Thanks, Marge. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm very, very glad we found the time for this. Deborah, can you tell us a little about yourself, the experiences you've brought to 105.9? Well, um, it's, it's sort of been a very curvy path. I graduated with a business degree very young, uh, came to Toronto to make my fame and fortune. I'm from a small town in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, found that that wasn't so easy, so I went back and got a degree in industrial psychology, which led me to start to question why we make decisions and eventually landed a job in an ad agency which was just so eye-opening to me to see how all of that psychology is brought to bear. So I worked there for a few years, ended up managing the Coke account, but no one could really answer where all the, all the data that they were using came from. And I'm a bit of a numbers person. So I wound up working at the rating service. And once I was there, we decided that we could do so much more if we asked more questions. So we started a custom research division which allowed me to answer the questions. What do people want to watch, listen to? And I did some sales for a while, but I ended up eventually starting my own consulting company, which I worked in for several years um, and doing jobs for PwC. I was one of their analysts. I did uh, work for all of the major broadcasters, help them get new radio license, develop new programming. And then CBC came in just coincidentally at the time when I decided to do my MBA, I said, do you want to come run our research department? Well, that was like being invited into a candy store. I said, for sure. And I found just a wealth of information about consumption, etc. So when one of my clients came and said, I'm going to apply for a radio license in uh, Markham and Richmond Hill, Bonn, um, do you think you'd be interested in helping? And I thought, absolutely, because I, now I know so much more. And eventually, when the license was granted, he turned to me and said, um, can you just come and run it for me? So it was a bunch of just twists and turns in the road, and it just seemed daring enough for me to do. So I said, sure. That's how we ended up here. Okay, that is a, an interesting story. That, uh, where have you been? Where have you gone to? So it will now be 10 years, 10 year anniversary for 105.9. Uh, and you know, what have you, what have you seen changed in those ten years? Well, a lot has changed, really. Uh, the way people consume media, the media that's available to them, what their expectations are, the trust level in media has changed, and for us, the technology. So when we first launched, everything was about being on air everything everything you had to have this very strong signal well you know clearly that's not the case anymore a lot of people are streaming their audio online so that 
makes everybody equal. It doesn't matter if you have a big signal or a little signal, the internet is the great equalizer. And then the pandemic changed how people were consuming. So it used to be radio was really known for being listened to in cars. Well, people weren't in cars as much, but they still wanted that local news and information. And while traffic may not have been as important, certainly what was happening in their local government or even what's on, what's happening in their area. And in the case of York Region, health reports, because it's different than Toronto Health. So that opened an opportunity for us, um, and our streaming numbers went through the roof. On um, platforms, you have to uh, pay for a certain amount of bandwidth, and we had to increase our bandwidth four times during the pandemic to cover streaming. So that consumption has really changed, and also what you can offer. We were licensed on 105.9. 105.9 is actually five stations now, because of a technology called hybrid digital. So it allows us to split the signal at source into five stations that broadcast simultaneously. And so we now serve nine languages, which is really quite exciting for us and for York Region, I think. Wow, that is a <laughs> lot of change. I didn't realize that all that was happening. So, whoa. Uh, so your audience is York Region. It's a mm -hmm. very big area, over a million people. How would you describe York Region? Um, it is um, a contradiction. So there's a lot of tight-knit community. Um, I was just today working in Richmond Hill on the Richmond Hill Board of Trade Business Achievement Awards. And it's very interesting to see people coming together and companies applying, and it matters to be recognized in their own local area. I was talking to people who've been recognized globally for what they produced, and they were as competitive about having me understand their value um, as any other company. And you would think, you know, when you're re recognized on a global stage, it doesn't matter as much, it does. So you have all of those communities. It's the same in Markham. I've worked on committees there in Vaughan, in Aurora. But then it's also very diverse. Like the experiences you have in Pepperlaw, for example, are very different than what you have in Markham. You go from over 50% people not born in Canada to, you know, 70% of people born in Canada in a matter of minutes. So those are very different communities. So it's diverse in its population. It's big in its scope and its geography. I mean, I think there's 1700 square miles or of road, like that's a lot of road to cover in a traffic report, I'll tell you. Um, but it's also all connected. There's a sensibility about York region. So um, that we, everybody at the station, at least, sort of isn't aligned with. So it makes it in a way very easy to serve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, I am aware that York Region is very diverse and never thought of the issue with trying to do traffic reports for being such a, a large area. It takes a while to get from one corner to the other corner of York That's Region. Right. So, yes, so interesting. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that you have been affected by the pandemic. It's uh, more people want this local news. Anything else that you want to add about being uh, the pandemic affecting you? Well, the cornerstone of uh, 
radio business is advertising. We're a commercial radio license, so we're not funded by anybody and we're not part of a larger group like Rogers or Shaw. And so we depend on advertising. Well, that just dried up. So you had to pivot. And what we did was for businesses that were still open, like the restaurants, we just went out and took that airtime and we just repurposed it for them. We didn't charge them. We just went out and uh, let people know uh, what was open in their community, what they could get if there was something special. Uh, we, um, we had people who were understandably worried, but when people are worried, I'm again, small town, busy hands, you know, we'll look after that stress. So we went out and worked with charities. We moved um, uh, people who were in distress and needed to move from their situation. We rented a truck when they couldn't get any movers and our sales team went out and we just moved them. We went to the stores in the early days where there was big lineups. We set up music and we played music so people wouldn't be as angry. We had and I don't want to make us sound clever because it was a hit and a miss. We bought a bunch of hand sanitizer. We had boxes of it. So what was in short supply? We went to all these places where people lined up and handed out a hand sanitizer. So it gave us an opportunity to connect with people in some of their the most stressful times. But in a, you know, in a very real sense, the revenues just disappeared. But we found a way to keep going and and to engage people and I like to think we turned it around to be just one big community service project for us. Um, and I think it made people feel pretty good at the station. I mean, people still say to me, hey, do you remember that day when we, you know, we have a good laugh about how we didn't know how to open the truck, you know, or Rob didn't put it in park or, you know, so it all added just to a large memory bank. So. Okay. Very good. I'm, I'm glad you're finding lots of pandemic positives as i like to refer to them <laughs> so yes yeah. there are those so good uh you know discussing criticizing media it's a popular topic th these days can you articulate what you see as the role of media well i think media in its best form is the fifth estate it is the power outside the power that is holding people and places accountable. Where that goes off the rails is when media picks up its own agenda and surplants good reporting or objectivity um, with their own goals and views of the world. And I think we, we've seen a lot of that. And, um, you know, the internet in many ways have contributed to that because the rise of popularity of the convenience of on-demand um, had broadcasters looking to say, okay, what do they have that we don't have? And they had a lot of opinion pieces. So people thought, okay, well, we'll wade in on that. But when you choose to do that, you change your, your key um, product, your key value statement. And I was a person who, as I said, headed up research for CBC. Part of my task every year was to hire outside consultants to look at the CBC's product and what it was delivering and take specific stories and to assess from their perspective, an objective perspective, um, just what CBC was reporting. Were they more left? Were they more right? Was there a fair balance? And so 
you know, a lot of work was put into that and I brought that sensibility with me, but it's quite clear today. If you look at um, a lot of the broadcast media that people do have agendas, we're, we're trying, I mean, I, I subscribe to the notion that there is no objectivity, that we're all a product of our biases and learning. But if you go into it knowing that you could be getting this wrong and, and trying very hard and getting as many opinions, chances are you're going to get it right. And, and that's what we do. But I think the criticism of the media is fair. I don't think it applies to all media, but I think there's some glaring examples of uh, misappropriation of public airways, because let's face it, they're all public airways. Um, and for that reason alone, the criticism is warranted, and I think people should be paying attention. Thank you for that. That's a very good message. We need to keep be aware. We need to keep being critical and asking lots of uh, good questions. So thank you for that uh, that discussion. So what is the big goal or purpose of the region? To give a voice to York Region. Um, I do not live in York Region. I live in Peel Region. And my experience um, was not dissimilar to people who live in York Region. So if you lived in those regions and you were driving from work, the minute you hit the 401, maybe just a little bit beyond on the 404, the 400, any information relevant to you just disappeared off the spectrum. The news stories that would be covered would be headlines of crimes but so much more was going on and is going on in those communities and when we applied for the station and were granted it all of those deliveries those transmission outlines that you get they're all speculative you don't know until your transmitter goes up so when the transmitter went up we found out that it wasn't broadcasting as far as we thought it was so we applied to the crtc for a bigger service contour and a broadcaster who I, I won't name wrote and said, listen, we serve, for example, Aurora. We reported three stories on them last year alone. Now, if you live in Aurora, that should horrify you. Because when you looked at the stories, they were three crime stories. So that was the sum of the voice and the representation that York Region had in the system. And of course, there were mayors who were had better PR departments and communications departments who were getting some airtime on Toronto media, but Toronto is the GTA. It's, it's not the specific area and stories that wouldn't interest a broad audience just weren't making it, but it would interest the audiences in York Region. So the entire purpose of the station is to give a voice to whether it's governments or businesses or charities or grassroots organizations to the people and and the places and the venues in York Region. It's as simple as that. It's guaranteed okay. in the Broadcast Act, and hmm. all we did was find a frequency that worked. Very good. Thank you for persevering, because I know it's a we certainly in a Toronto-centric area. Uh, I live up. I have a cottage and up there there's a lot more news and media and up in Halliburton that I would get here in Richmond Hill. You have to really pay, pay attention and try to get that. So thank you for what you're yeah. doing. Now, uh, I sort of regard podcasts as being an alternative 
to radio. Uh, I got into interested in podcasts during the pandemic, but I think you have a different perspective on podcasts. Can you explain to me how you regard them, how they fit into the mix? Mm-hmm. So back in the golden day of radio, which I'm going to say is the 60s, 70s, there weren't as many radio stations. And what people did was they segmented the programming day. So you would know in the morning, you would have middle of the road music. Well, people got their kids off to school, but you had news and information. And the day it would shift into more mellow music and then up tempo on the way home. And then in the evening, those kids got their time with the crazy rock and roll and, and that. And then on the weekend, there would be talk blocks. So radio and talk have always been there. In fact, in the early days, um, that's what radio was, was talk. But what has happened is radio shifted somewhere around the 70s and 80s with the development of the FM band into an on-demand service. So if you wanted to hear country 24-7, there would be a station playing country 24-7 if you wanted rock. And you can go through all the music formats. And with that came a shift from any kind of full service. So podcasting was developed on radio so to speak. But the difference between it and radio today is podcasting is available on demand, just like the music uh, was, is today. Podcasting by its nature tends to try to be evergreen. And what do I mean by that? It means if I'm discussing nutrition, I'm talking about tried and true nutritional facts. Radio is immediate. Radio's key value proposition is it's happening now. And so podcasts provide that which radio has left behind, and that's long form talk. As you know, we have long form talk, and we confine it to a period on Saturday that uh, people can participate in. We, and we publish all of it in podcasts. So we're big believers in podcasts. But the value of a podcast in that discussion, and often an opinion piece, is not the place that radio can always go for the very reasons we just talked about earlier and that's agendas and missions and that sort of thing so i think they coexist Mm -hmm. and um i think we publish i'm gonna say maybe 20 hours of podcasting a week that's a lot for a rate station our size Mm -hmm. but um it you know it is audio content and it's not disconnected from what we do every day. So I, I, I mean, and, and the fact that you have two ears and you have to pick something you're going to listen to, I guess it's competitive. But I think they provide different value to a listener. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree. And thank you for articulating it so well. Like I sense it was, a, it's different. I listen to radio sometimes and I listen to podcasts sometimes. And we're very fortunate to have all those options. So. It's uh, all good. Okay. Uh, What would you say to someone who is not yet tuned into, or maybe just once in a while uh, to the region? Like, how do you, what would you say to them? Um, I would say that it's local radio. um, And while that just seems like a very simple description, local radio in its truest form captures the heart of a community. So 
it's not just about newsmakers. It's not just about governments. It's not just about local business. It's all of it. So, you know, today I spent quite a bit of time. The prime minister's office is trying to come on air tomorrow. So that would be like a big uh, news item and something we really focus on. I spent just as much time talking to a grassroots company or really organization that's trying to do some fundraising for the Ukraine. That's equally important to us because one is what is going to affect people's life. The other is a story and an initiative that speaks to who the communities are. And I think if people are looking for a sense of what your region is about, if they want to know what's on, what's coming up, if they want to hear what's behind the story, the headline, if they want to hear newsmakers or the local sports teams. I mean, reporting on um, high school sports, you know, doesn't seem like um, any kind of revolutionary approach to it, but it matters. I get parents writing us saying, thank you for talking about my son's record game and that sort of, it matters. We get called because someone's cat is lost, you know, and you know, it seems maybe hokey and not of interest, but that's the character of the place. And I think that there isn't a lot in the world with the sort of demise or decline in newspaper. You got a sense of character from newspaper. And so radio can pick that up. So if you're looking for that, you know, and we're not all just small town and bake sales, but we are bake sales and we are the prime minister's office. We, we are the follow-up story for uh, news that breaks in the region, but we're also looking a field for medical developments. And that's why, you know, we really, we've had everyone from Chris Hatfield, we've had the governor general, because they get what we're doing. They've mm -hmm. either experienced local radio or they believe it should exist. So we've been very fortunate in being able to convey what we're trying to do to people who get it and come yeah. along. So for a listener, that's the value proposition. We have great music, lovely people, yeah. you know, you it's, hear about local businesses, but in essence, it's the information we're providing. That is what sets us apart. Very good. Well, I encourage everyone who's listening to this to take the time to tune into what you are doing. So you, you got a crystal ball looking into the future. What do you see? Well, the last time hockey rights were negotiated, I was at CBC and we all agreed that that would be the last time there'd be terrestrial television rights for hockey negotiated. And it looks like it's shaping up. You do see whole hockey leagues just pulling their, their broadcasts onto the internet. So I think television is going to be revolutionized in terms of what it can offer because those big contracts, those big program rights is what paid for a large part of many of those big stations. So that's going to be a, a shakeup. And I think for radio, um, radio went through its uh, adjustment period, I'm going to say about 15 years ago. Uh, television was slower because, you know, people, video is a, a very compelling uh, platform, a form to, for which people like to spend a lot of time with, but radio sort of lost out to television. They're about, their budgets are, their total revenues are about a tenth of what television is. 
So radial is already corrected as it were. So I think radial is going to stick around because it's an affordable local immediate medium. And I know things can go on the internet immediately, but if the trust in traditional media is low, the trust on internet is even lower hmm. because there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can put up anything. And, you know, just last night I was looking at the AI pictures that had already been assembled for an event that was taking place this afternoon, time indeterminate, saying this is what they're going to be publishing tomorrow about this event. And you just say, okay, now we're just not even pretending we're just putting it out there saying look for these ai images tomorrow i say okay like how could you trust anything yeah. like really yeah, yeah. so it's, but radio is regulated television's mm -hmm. regulated the internet is not it can't be so yeah. i think there will be more interest in regulated media very interesting thank you for all that that's some very interesting well said comments is there anything else that you'd like to add no, just that we um, want to thank you uh, 11, 12 years ago when nobody had any notion of a radio station coming to Richmond Hill. You stepped up, not with me, but with my now business partner, Pip, and said, sure, mm -hmm. I will get behind this concept. How can I help? And I think it was those kind of experiences that really encouraged us to go through some of the you know, the difficult times that all businesses have uh, because you were so gracious and so welcoming. So um, for this podcast, for all the support you give us, I just want to say thank you. We think you're a treasure for Richmond Hill and we appreciate what you do. Oh, no, thank you. I very, I almost forgot about those days when you, you and Pip were, Pip was the one who I saw all the time, but you know, it's right. a long, it seems like a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Lots of happened since then, <laughs> but uh I'm glad we've all persevered uh, for that. So I do like to end our podcast with this uh, one question. Uh, name one thing that you really like about this community. Um, it's going to sound cliched, but the people, they are mm. so different um, and so, to me, Canadian. And I, and I say that assuming that people understand the identity and it doesn't matter what your cultural background is or how long you've been in Canada. When your intent and your behavior are aligned and you just, you want to do well, you want others around you to do well and you're grateful for where you are, I say you're Canadian. And I think that um, Richmond Hill, York region, has an abundance of Canadian values. And I really appreciate that. I like how you articulated that. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a great way of saying how we are Canadian because some, very often we struggle with that. You've done a great job. So again, thank you, Deborah. I hope we're past cross soon at one of these events um, that we, we seem to go to, we support. Lots of great things are happening in town. So we'll see you around town soon. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>